Hello and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninsbor and I'm yet another anime podcast hope. Hope everyone's doing well out there. After taking a season off uh, from the podcast to watch a bunch of movies for the Oscars, still no Oscar winner, though this year with Miyazaki coming out with his uh, new film, uh, we have a chance at animated feature again, boys. Um, anyway, we're back with yet another anime podcast. Now, I've been watching a ton of anime this past winter season, but it felt kind of wrong to just leave that season unreviewed entirely. So what I did in the last couple of weeks is I've done my typical first impression episode here, um, even though normally this would be at the beginning of the season, and I'm going to do it sorted by the my anime list scores uh, since the season is now done and those scores are mostly updated now now this way i can see how good my first impressions of a show up match up to the general consensus not going to be perfect of course but a good enough approximation um you know, I obviously have the spring season I'm going to be catching up with uh, in the next couple of weeks for the next episode later this month. Um, but, you know, throughout the year, I'm going to be, do my best to, you know, go get back to these, uh, to these um, use this as a way to guide my watching for the spring show so that, you know, by the end of the year, I can have something to award a retroactive anime of the season uh, for this season to compete for the anime of the year awards. Um, so, yeah. So, first off, of course, the Oral Legend of Souls I just was not going to be checking out in the first place. Most of these are sequel shows or increasingly uh, Netflix shows. So the shows from the spring season that I ended up uh, not watching or checking out were Way of the House Husband Season 2, Bungo Stray Dogs Season 4, Tsurune Season 2, Danmachi Season 4 Part 2, The Legend of Heroes Thrills of Cold Steel Northern War, uh, Nagatoro-san Season 2, Tokyo Avengers The Christmas Showdown Arc, By the Grace of the Gods Season 2, Inspector Season 2, Vampire Dies in No Time Season 2, Food of Revolution Season 2, Cardfight Vanguard Will Dress Season 2, uh, Another Season of Sorcerer Stabber Orphan, Record of Ragnarok Season 2, Sky Precure, Agretico Season 5, uh, Make My Day, and Junji Ito Maniac, both of which are on Netflix, and of course Vinland Saga Season 2. Of course, I know I definitely need to be getting back to watch Vinland Saga since, um, you know, apparently that was one of the best uh, anime this season. Um, in addition, you know, Trigon Stampede is a quasi-prequel of sorts to the Trigon series. Um, I, unfortunately, I haven't actually seen uh, tri the original Trigon yet. Um, and while this supposedly is standalone enough, I do want to see the classic Trigon. So uh, I'm going to be putting a hole on that until I can get back to watching Trigon. Now, of course, you know, there, this season was also marked by a number of delayed shows. Um, you know, part of the reason why I ended up not really making an effort in addition to, you know, being busy with the Oscars is that, you know, a lot, a lot of, a, a good number of shows ended up getting delayed. Now, some shows were able to finish or, you know, maybe they're going to be bleeding a little bit into the spring season, but some shows were just so delayed due to production issues that they're going to be rebroadcasting from episode one at some point in the future. Uh, and in fact, I believe Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible is actually going to be re-airing this spring season. So um, I ended up not watching these for the first episode review since these are going to be functionally a future seasonal show. Um, these include the Neo Automata uh, adaptation, the Misfit of Demon Academy Season 2 since I saw the first season, and then Ayakasi Triangle, uh, one of the Soden Jump adaptations, as well as the aforementioned Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible. All right, so now for the actual shows I did check out, uh, I'm going to do this in reverse mal order. So I'll name, give the, show, the, the show's name, uh, the mal score, and then whether or not I gave the drop or a keep or three episode rule if, you know, it was the beginning of the season. Some of these, you know, are shows that, you know, maybe in a normal season I would have ended up giving it three episodes or actually giving it a chance. But um, obviously the fact that this is after the season and I'm going to have a lot of other stuff to watch means that my kind of bar for actually keeping a show is going to be a little bit higher. 
So starting at the bottom of the list, uh, working way up, we have My Life as Inu Kai-san's Dog, 5.21 on Mal, uh, and this ended up being a drop for me. Now, you know, this is kind of a somewhat infamous manga, which uh, I'll admit I have read a little bit of, um, about the guy who ends up getting turned into a dog and then ends up kind of uh, getting adopted in dog form by his uh, by his uh, class, his kind of standoff, his classmate. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is very much etchy. I mean, uh, the, the the this is on high dive, but the censoring is pretty pretty severe. Um, there are there are apparently uncensored versions going around, which you know, if you want to watch the show, uh, that's like this. You might as well just wait for the uncensored version. But this is just not. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is very sus, a very sus show. So I'm going to be officially dropping this one. Uh, next up, we have Giant Beast of Ours, 6.61 on mile. This is also a drop for me. Now, this is you know a show about you know some world. Uh, some sort of you know high fantasy world, uh, not quite high fantasy, kind of like science fiction fantasy. Not quite sure this, the exact setting where you know, there are these giant beasts and there was some sort of you know relationship between uh, what are so-called paladins and then these clerics, which are these and then and the clerics, these girls give powers to paladins to defeat these giant beasts, and there's a whole society is revolving around trying to destroy these beasts from or protecting humanity from these beasts, kind of like almost Attack on Titan esque. Um, and then you know there's this uh, there's this escaped girl. You know, a clone number twenty-two or whatever, who ends up getting paired up with this, you know, wandering uh, paladin. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I can't really tell you too much more than that. The so just didn't really get do enough to get me hooked on this world. Um, you know, and and the and the monster designs honestly weren't even that uh, engaging enough for me to really check out. So this one ended up being a drop for me. Uh, next up is Spy Classroom with 6.3 on my anime list. Also another drop. Um, I mean, you know, this almost feels like a, a bit of a, rip, a combination of Princess Principle combined with a, um, Assassination Classroom almost, but kind of less done well. Both, you know, essentially misfits from, you know, various, you know, various spy academies, which is itself a, a whole weird, weird world-building situation. Um, kind of come together to become a super team uh, or, or to be trained. Now, you know, it does kind of hit at each girl in the team. Of course, they're all girls has a, a special special has a specialty for example the first main character is a poison specialist uh for whatever reason um and so you know i mean you think they would find a find a path to being a spy uh, in that regard but apparently not um this one just didn't really do enough to really stand out from other shows that have done this prior um and and those shows weren't even that engaging to me in the first place now, on top of that, from what I've heard, um, there are a number of um, uh, uh, there's like, it's kind of like a weird watch order where we kind of release episodes in a non chronological order, which makes it kind of a little bit more difficult to follow. Um, so that's end up being a pass for me. Um, next up, we have Ice Blade Sorcerer shall rule the world. Uh, this is six point three four and is a bit of a drop, but honestly was kind of on the border of being three-episoded. Um, so this is another tip, kind of very cliche magical academy. So, you know, oh, a commoner who who can use magic is admitted to a school for nobility to who learn magic, and he's the first commoner ever. Um, turns out he's secretly a badass and is, is so over, is actually overpowered, but kind of hides his power level. Of course, he bumps into a bunch of the most attractive girls in in the school and kind of becomes their, their friends. Now, I will appreciate that this character is a little bit different you know he's you know very a little bit more mature as a character um he you know he doesn't really freak out talking to girls as much and then you know he has to there was some like weird bizarrely like comedic elements to it like for example he has a roommate who says i don't care that you're a commoner all i care is that you've got guts and they take off their search and they 
compare their abs and yeah i mean that is a that is definitely a little bit of a, a little bit more wacky than than your typical magical academy so not quite as much etsy elements that it, it compared to others um the magical system also seems to be a little bit more thought out there's a little bit of a coding lml analog here which is interesting um and there's also some hint that you know this um you know, this individual was kind of raised by uh, former, you know, former other mages, and that's why kind of he's being, he's been referred to this academy. So I think this could have been a guilty pleasure, um, and who knows, maybe if I'm able to make it through all of the shows that I'm three-episoding, this might end up getting there, but I, I don't foresee this happening uh, in, in, in anytime soon. Uh, then we have Ningen Fusi, uh, adventurers who don't believe in humanity will save the world. 6.34. This is also a drop. So, you know, this is a kind of sage of, uh, uh, of a story of the sealed hero, rising of the sealed hero. You know, these heroes uh, end up facing a, you know, I mean, it says that, you know, they're basically uh, rejected by, you know, society and they end up mistrusting people. So they come together, they happen to cross each other in the tavern and they share their, their sad tales with each other, um, which range from, um, you know, this one guy kind of having a bit of a complex about uh, being, um, being, uh, being. You know, he he thinks he should be an adventurer, but then uh, his father figure ends up saying he's not going to be a good adventurer and kicks him out of the party. Uh, to you know, this girl who um, is kind of the top of the top for the academy and ends up being framed and, and kind of exiled um, from the academy. Um, to some guy who is falsely accused of sexual harassment um, and ped pedophilia. To you know, this other dragon lady who we don't really know too much about after the first episode but they end up drinking and then end up deciding you know we want to we, we need money so let's make a guild and we don't trust each other and trust the world so let's not, we don't trust each other but we'll work together to to make this work and i don't know it just didn't really feel that like the the it, it felt like a combination of like the they rushed through the backstories to get to the point um where they got together but then also that made the the reasons for them not trusting humanity feel kind of shallow frankly speaking so um it just felt very poorly executed to me so this ended up being a drop overall <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Technoroid Overmind. This is a 6.43, also a drop from me. Um, so this is a bit of a weird case. This interesting world building, right? It's set in a world in the future where global warming has caused a lot of, you know, a lot of the world to be flooded. Temperatures are, are you know, in the hundreds degrees of Fahrenheit, 40s of Celsius. Um, and so, you know, humanity kind of lives, you know, inside or underground or wherever um, through virtual reality while androids go around in the daytime taking care of, you know, all of these, you know, all of the tasks to do outside and there's like this this group of androids who end up uh who end up you know wanting to find some who who for some reason are living by themselves in this house and they're running out of money to uh, pay the electricity bills otherwise they won't be able to charge themselves so they end up going to this tower that apparently um you know has them uh has the, like has you become idols uh to work your way up to get more and more money um and then on top of that you know so i mean it, it's very the world building is interesting enough, uh, aside from the idol part, and then but then the idol part is just like uh, male idol stuff was not that interesting. The robots themselves aren't as interesting characters themselves. Now the last minute of the post credit scene implies this, this some sort of bigger murder mystery going on, but otherwise it's just like not that engaging. And you know from what I've learned over the years, if if even if there is like a hook of like one small thing that might make it interesting, generally for the most part it generally doesn't usually pan out to be that interesting. It needs a bigger thing. Oh, there's this one interesting bit of world building or this one interesting bit of like this murder mystery and the post credit scene. 
which like if you can't build a whole first episode around the, the conceit of the show and you kind of have to sling something like into a, a into like a whiplash at the end of the episode um you know unless it's done very well and executed on a high technical level it's not the show's not going to work out and this is not one of those shows so technoid overmind is also a drop for me now, for, now, next up is the first three-episode uh, anime. is The Fire Hunter, 6.44 on my anime list. So this is relatively low, but the big draw here is that this one is uh, screen-written screen by Mangro Oso, who is, of course, known as the mind behind the, the legendary Ghost in the Cell uh, standalone complex uh, t uh, movie. Now, the crew on this are all like 60- and 70-year-old veterans of the industry, but definitely feel, and this, this, this kind of shows it, it feels like something out of like the mid-2000s, maybe even late-90s um, science fiction type anime in a good way um, the art style is very unique one of the best looking shows of the season um, and the pacing is, is pretty good you know the, um, the kind of like this this broader world building that's kind of slow but then also kind of hints at these larger things to come and the way it hooks you in with this post-apocalyptic world is just really interesting and I think given OC is behind this this, this could have some really interesting uh, perceptions kind of almost like maybe it'll go in the Kino's journey type situation I don't know apparently after this first season of uh, season two has already been announced so uh, I'm probably going to be checking this one out um, to, 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 to hopefully catch up for season two in the future. Uh, next up, we have a sort a sort series, which is actually a sequel to a sort series I've watched before. Suddenly, Egyptian Gods season two. I mean, you know, this is a six point five on my anime list, but hey, I mean, it's it, I've watched this, the first season. It's cute enough, you know, not much lost here. The only five minute episode, so I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and watch this one. It's not gonna take me much more than what like an hour to watch the entire season. So um, suddenly, Egyptian Gods season two is a keep. Uh, next up, we have Reborn to Master the Blade from Hero King to Extraordinary Squire. Now, this is a 6.61 on my anime list. I'm going to give this a three episode, right? So there were a lot of isekai uh, this season, um, and this is you know kind of another the kind of like the lowest rated one uh, on the uh, on the in in from the season. Um, and you know the twist here is that it's a king who you know raised, raised the kingdom up, and afterwards he is granted the wish to you know reincarnate, and he wants to become you know a knight. Um, but the weird thing is he ends up becoming a young girl in. This this new timeline, which is okay, interesting. Um, you know, entertaining enough. The character design seems interesting, but I'm not sure how well it can like. And the first episode was amusing enough, where you know, as a baby, he retains his divine blessing, and so is able to kind of be overpowered as a young baby and then into it like a young girl. Um, so I'm not sure how well it can extend the appeal, right? And, and um, and, and over and, and, and well, I could give it three three episodes to see this tentatively, but you know, I, I'm not super likely to follow up on this. But you know, it, it'd be interesting enough that I, I guess check the directional of which it is moving in. So um, Reborn to Master the Blade is uh, three episodes. Next up is Tale of the Outcast, which is a 6.61 on my anime list. And this was a pretty easy drop for me. It's very sojo as reminds me of uh, Ancient Magus Bride, which, you know, was is a pretty okay so, but it feels like an inferior version of that one. This is a very sojo you know, quasi-romance type situation of this, you know, poor, downtrodden girl. Uh, frankly, it's a bit of misery poor and how, how bad her life is, um, you know, before. And, and then she ends up meeting a demon who ends up, you know, uh, saving her. And then she ends up sacrificing her eyes to, you know, give him, which is the things he valued the most because he can see him uh, and then he, he ends up you know saving her and now they go travel the world meanwhile her brother who had left uh, who had left the orphanage many years ago is now looking for her and he hunts demons so yeah I mean this very much feels like a sojo type uh, quasi romance situation which you know is, is I mean the brother is probably the best part just given how he his reactions sometimes um, but otherwise I mean this is just not my genre in general that I'm that I'm for the most part not interested in so Tale of the Outcast is a drop for me 
Uh, next up, we have Revenger, which is a 6.68. Now, this is a three, another three episodes, and much like uh, Fire Hunter, this one is kind of given that benefit of the doubt, given the pedigree behind this, uh, notably Gen Urobuchi as the writer. Uh, Gen Urobuchi has written a lot of amazing, very bloody and very violent anime. And this is no no exception. This is like a pre-West, like a, a Japan, set in Japan right on the cusp of Westernization. Um, you know, it's a revenge story of a former, of a samurai who knew, uh, was forced to, you know, kill his father-in-law. Um, and now he's seeking revenge against those who, who had wronged him. Um, you know, the, there's there's a colorful cast of potential other, um, of other, you know, combatants who use very interesting ways to fight. I mean, there's this guy with a, a Virgin Mary on his, tattooed on his back who uses gold leaves to fight. Someone who uses kites, someone who uses cards. Um, the action is very decent, very bloody. And from what I've read, it actually wraps up in a single season, which is, you know, kind of a bit of a rarity nowadays. So I'm not sure if, you know, in terms of um, a show that I'd like to go back and actively want to watch, a revenge story is something I'm inherently interested in finishing. But the fact, again, I can see this being very well done based on the, the pedigree of Gen Urobuchi writing this. So I'll give this one three episodes to see how it end up, ends up working out. Uh, next up, we have Kaina of the Great Snow Sea. Um, another three-episode three, uh, three episode role with a 6.7 on my anime list. Um, this is another similar to Fire Hunter post-apocalyptic world that seems interesting. Um, I think, you know, this does have a bit of the CG anime element going on, which, you know, is a hit or miss for some people. The world building is, it, it feels almost Nausicaa of the Valley-esque in some ways, um, you know, which I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but um, the story is also by one of Satoshi Khan's collaborators, um, uh, Sadayuki Murai, who also worked on Cowboy Bebop as a screenwriter, so I think the story at the release, this one, again, based on the pedigree, could very well go in interesting directions, so I'm going to give this one three episodes to see how it works out. Uh, next up, we have Unite Up, 6.84, three episodes. Now, this is like uh, like uh, Technovoid Override. It's another male idol show, which normally, again, it's not my thing. Uh, in fact, most idol shows outside of the really weird concepts um, like Review Starlight or, you know, I mean, frankly, Bussy Road stuff or, um, what's it, uh, uh, D4DJ, um, ends up being not my genre. But the way, it, it almost feels more like a Spaceball-type series where, you know, the main character grew up, uh, he loved, you know, he, he, ha- he had he had a different since like with baseball but kind of lost that after he quit the team um, and then his friend right uh, who he, you know, he has a very close bond with you know from their days you know, growing up together um, the first episode is kind of about their relationship and their friendship and how the friend secretly records them singing karaoke together uploads those to YouTube which may be a little bit sketch but uh, he ends up being the the guy the main characters ends up having this this passion in his singing um, that you know ends up getting them recruited by way of their YouTube channel to an idol agency now where, how this ends up progressing will see i've i've seen kind of reviews that you know there are a lot of other idol groups get introduced very quickly and kind of is overwhelming um which you know i don't know is, is necessarily the direction i'm interested in this the cg uh, performances weren't the best that i saw in like the very first opening art part of this episode um so this is that's why this is just a three episode but the fact that it was able to go and actually get me interested in this character becoming an idol beyond oh i always grew up wanting to be an idol right um it was like kind of the cliche approach to, to like hey this this friend of mine who have a real bro with ended up getting me into this position. I think it's a really unique spin on it. So I'm going to give that one three episodes. Uh, next up, we have another Isekai saving up 80,000 gold in another world for my retirement, 6.93. This ended up being a drop for me. Now, you know, the premise here is this girl ends up, you know, 
isekaiing into another world, um, and then she ends up finding that she is actually able to jump between her world and the real world, which leads to some interesting questions. Um, but her goal is like, but then she, and then she is, how do I survive in the isekai world? Well, my late brother who passed away with my parents in the car accident, um, you know, what would he say? Because he was very close to her brother, um, and you know, it, it it feels very, I don't know, like almost bro siscon is in a weird way not quite but then like it doesn't really get into the you know presumably this this is set up to be like an economics type situation where she uses you know modern technology brings it back to um you know this this medieval isekai world and profits from there and then uses that to save gold and 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 in both worlds should at some point her uh her powers to transport back and forth um between the world stop so she wants to live an easy life um which she says again is equivalent to eighty thousand gold um now you know it didn't really hook me on the premise in that first episode of, of you know the going back and forth is interesting into something that it's new but it also kind of eliminates a lot of the potential um narrative tension in so to speak i mean in one if for some cases you know for example something like gate for example gate the gate isekai i mean the the inherent appeal of that so it's not that there is tension it's the fact that there's overwhelming power firepower in this uh in of the jsdf against this uh in this this foreign world against against the, the evil forces um, here she's set up as an underdog but then using but as he has this, all of these advantages of the human world which doesn't feel that inherently interesting to me um, so that's why this one ends up being a drop for me uh, next up, we have Epon again, a 7.02 with three episodes. Now, this is a, sports shows normally don't hook me. I'll usually give them like a couple of episodes, but I end up just like not finishing them. Uh, I'm willing again, but I'm willing to give this one a shot. You know, it's a it's another sports series that that I of, of a sport I don't normally watch. Judo, which seems interesting enough. Um, you know, cute girls doing judo things more or less. So I'll give this one three episodes. Don't expect to finish it up, frankly speaking. But uh, you know, give it give it a shot. And next up, we have Chilling in My 30s After Getting Fired from the Demon King Army, 7.06. Um, this one's a drop. Um, you know, the story here is that, you know, this 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 lower-ranking demon in the Demon Army ends up getting fired after 30 years of working uh, for the Demon Army. You know, he worked for the current Demon King's uh, or Demon Lord's father or Demon General's father. Now the Demon General fired him. Um and, you know, he, he now has to find his way. Um, he ends up, you know, helping this human, and then he ends up realizing, hey, I actually wasn't a demon. I was actually a human this whole time. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder why, this is, I guess that's why I couldn't use magic all this time. But then he secretly has these OP powers of, you know, using the human equivalent of magic called aura, which, okay, I guess. Um, and then, you know, it feels, but then he gets into like, oh, I have all these powers. Maybe I could go to this, the central village and make a name for myself. But now he just wants to live a quiet life looking at the boobs of the girl that he saved, whose father happens to be the mayor of the town. I mean, it, this feels like an, an isekai where I don't need to watch it to really appreciate it. This definitely feels like something I'd rather read more than watch. And of course, I'm sure at some point they're going to be like, oh, secretly this guy was really good at logistics uh, in at the, at the lower levels and now the demon army is, is in chaos because he's not keeping the logistics in order. Um, yeah, I mean, again, that doesn't seem like something that needs to be animated for me and something I can just read. So I'm going to go ahead and pass this, maybe check this out in manga form. 
Uh, next up, we have Malevolent Spirits Monogatari, 7.13 on my anime list. Uh, and this one is also a drop for me. Now, this one is a story of, you know, essentially uh, Chikogami, which are uh, the Japanese animated, you know, spirits that, that possess inanimate objects um, and take on a form. Um, you know, I mean, and, and essentially the story here is that the main protagonist, his siblings, um, got killed by a Chikogami in the past. And now he has an, a, a, a visceral hatred for Chikogamis, where so as whereas his grandfather, who, you know, works, um, you know, as an exorcist, more or less, to, um, you know, peacefully exercise, you know, the, the demons and send them back to their realm. He ends up, uh, you know, violently sending them back because he can't trust them, doesn't want to give them an opening to accidentally to, to cause harm. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically, uh, you know, this and and then he ends up, you know, getting sent to live uh, with another exorcist. But the exorcist actually lives with a bunch of of, of special Chukogami. So this feels very much like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen at home. In you know, they're evil spirits. They have to exorcise them. Um, you know, there are you know evil spirits who are kind of like or a combination of Demon Slayer and uh, or not Demon Slayer, um, Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man. And that you know, okay, these these evil spirits are or not evil spirits, but these, these spirits are allowed to live among humans, right? And then, you know, um, but then this guy has an inherent hatred of them and now he has to learn to live with them. And yeah, this feels very cliche. And and the animation even wasn't all that interesting. I mean, the one interesting thing I maybe want to check out is, okay, what are all of these other spirits um, that he has to live with possessing? You know, the first one is implied to be possessing a sword. I'm not sure what the other is going to end up being, but again, I'm not interested enough to actually try to fill, follow up with this. The main character is just very one-note stick in the mud. So, yeah, not 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 going to follow up with this. Uh, next up, we have High Card, which is seven point one five, and honestly, this is my first keep of the full of a full length show this season. Um, this one, the premise is more or less poker meets Card Captor Sakura meets JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meets Great Pretender. Um, basically, you know, there's some mystical set of fifty two card a fifty two card deck, and possessing one of these cards gives you powers. Be it you know having extra luck, being able to manifest a gun, being able to you know have ultra regenerative abilities, be it having to being able to turn things you touch into marbles. I mean, there are all of these different abilities um, with these cards, which feels very Jojo-esque slash card Captain Sakura, the fact that they're tied to cards. And then, you know, kind of the poker heist type theme and the, the visual style and the music feels very great pretender-esque to me. So, I mean, this is very highly well produced. The concept is interesting enough. I probably will go back and make an effort to actually try to finish the show um, because this seems one of the more interesting ones, at least for my, my sensibilities. Uh, next up, we have a reincarnation of the strongest exorcist in another world. This is a 7.23 on my anime list. Um, this one ends up being a drop for me. Um, it is kind of like the traditional Japanese exorcist um, story, but he ends up getting reincarnated in a more European setting. But, oh no, he's reincarnated without magical powers. But hey, that doesn't mean he doesn't have spiritual powers, um, which are inherently different, apparently. Um, and then he ends up being so, so he's over underestimated because, oh, haha, my younger brother doesn't is a loser because he doesn't have... Have, uh, magical powers, but then he is end up able to using his his uh, familiars who he had who he had captured in a past life um, to uh, to summon them, uh, even in his new form using his spiritual power, and ending ends up a being able to you know use mat uh, some analog of magic in this case um, is another carp stop isekai reincarnation, pretty much the same as um, you know ice blade sorcerer cell rule another world, um, and yeah, I mean this is not that interesting to me. So honestly, like if that one is and like yeah, both of the, both of those are, are very very likely. Like I'm not gonna go back to Finstow. So um, this one's gonna probably gonna be a drop for me. 
Uh, next up, we have Endo and Kobayashi Live, which is a 7.24. This is another keep for me. So this is kind of the latest in the the trend of Otomo game, Otome games, you know, dating simulation games, where uh, we, but it's not necessarily an isekai where you know the character is not reincarnated into the world of the game. Rather, the twist here is that there are two characters who are playing an Otome game, and for some unexplained reason that their voices are actually able to be uh, uh, heard by the main the main male character in the Otome game and then they have to use uh, and in a similar way where the, the villainess is trying to avoid uh, her death this thing, in this case the villainess doesn't know she's doomed for death but obviously the protagonist the, the real world protagonists do so their goal is to essentially ship uh, the main villainess who's actually a sundere um, with the um with with the male lead um, and get the you know the the, the female lead to, to be interested in somebody else in a way it doesn't get the main uh, female the the villainous character dead um, and in the meantime obviously there's some sort of potential chemistry between uh, the the real world counterparts so they're kind of like these two parallel ships uh, going on at the same time which I find very interesting I mean they also have like you know the idea of a color commentator and uh, and an analyst which kind of ties some sports uh, commentary but also kind of like the Japanese um, Japanese kind of like variety so commentary as well which is an interesting influence which I wasn't really expecting but is welcome so I think this is like a very unique anime that kind of is in in a genre is in a tangential I think to a genre that I'm kind of in a, a fan of at the moment the the isekai otome game series so I, I'm going to give this one you know uh, I'm going to give this one a keep actually this is very interesting one of the more interesting romances I've seen in a long time uh, next up, we have the Ice Guy and Cool Female Colleague, seven point three seven. Um, these are gonna be three episodes for me. So there's been definitely been. I've I've read part of the source material. Um, now it is a bit slow, a little bit repetitive, right? This feels like something that maybe could have been sorts as opposed to you know a full length episode. But um, the, I mean, this is a trend of office romance anime, uh, anime and manga getting adapted. A bit of a supernatural twist going on here. He's you know the descendant of a Yuki Ono, so when he's ex has strong emotions, which obviously he does for her, um, he ends up you know causing things to freeze around him. You know, there's also a uh, there's also a, a, a kitsune at some point there. Um, it, it's fun, right? I will appreciate. I will also say I really appreciate that. The female protagonist cost like uh, work outfits slay. They are constantly changing. He doesn't have this one outfit constantly, which is a really nice touch. So um, this one is cute and fluffy enough that I'm gonna, probably going to give this three episodes at least to see if it works in this longer format. Uh, similarly, we have Handyman Saito in Another World, another isekai, another one that is kind of presented as a series of sorts. This one is 7.54 on my anime list. I'm going to give this one a very strong three episodes. Um, you know, it is one of the very well very well um, reviewed anime of the season, and there's a twist on the isekai formula where this guy is reincarnated into an isekai world, but instead of having overpowered abilities, he just has his normal non-magical skills. He ends up a uh, he's being uh, as the name says a handyman. You know, he can do lock picking, which is kind of as good as a thief. He can repair uh, things. Um, you know, he's just like a hand all wall handy man. Now Apparently, you know, again, the format in the first couple of episodes are a bunch of kind of disconnected small stories, which is kind of slice of life is, um, I think, which is very, you know, it makes it very light to follow. Apparently, it ends up uh, converging a couple episodes in. So I'm going to give this one a couple of episodes to, to, to hook me in terms of like the converging story. Um, again, this one, as is from the first episode, probably would have been better as uh, sorts, but we'll see if if it's able to, to make the, the broader story kind of work together a little bit better. So Hanuman Saito in Another World is three episodes for me. 
Um, next up, we have the magical revolution in, uh, of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. Um, 7.59, three episodes. So this one is very isekai light, where technically the main protagonist does reincarnate. Um, she doesn't have magic, um, but apparently she remembers her past and which is causes uh, in the other world apparently i think she was sick and she wanted to fly so she uses magical tools in this world to try to fly now separate parallel to all this there is some parallel story of so she's the princess but she's renounced her claim to the throne so now her brother who's a younger prince um ends up you know being next in line for the throne which causes him to kind of like not feel as free as opposed to her um who feels very free um as a result he seems to i think be rebellious and he ends up cutting off his um engagement with the uh duke the genius young lady in the title um the daughter of a duke which feels very you know otome villainesque villainess um you know rejection uh kind of storyline but the twist here is that it then see and then the uh the the reincarnated princess flies in that kind of interrupts a is from a completely different anime um, and ends up uh, saying, okay, I'm going to marry you instead, which Yuri, Yuri Isekai, okay, I'll give this a shot for sure. Um, plus the fact, I mean, the, the main character is kind of best girl material in, in kind of her Genki nature to some degree um, with a little bit of serious behind it. So I think this one is definitely at least worth three episodes. And from what I've heard and seen of the final episode, uh, this one does come to a satisfying conclusion in the end. So we'll, we'll, give, we'll look forward to this one. Uh, next up, now there are a bunch of, you know, a couple more isekai here. We have Farming Life in Another World, which is 7.62 on my anime list, three episodes. Um, start, this is basically Stardew Valley, the series, uh, aka the slime isekai without the slime. So, you know, basically this guy is, dies, given a chance to reincarnate, he's given a chance to reincarnate in a world where he can farm with an OP farming tool. Um, and it's basically he starts literally from nothing and essentially, eventually builds out his own little farm. It looks like based on the preview from the first episode that it's going to end up with him ending up with more or less a harem village by the end of it because I basically see all females of different species um, but we'll see how fast that comes around I, for the meantime and I'm enjoying the slow progression of building up a farm uh, over time um, and, and we'll see if the, 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 the uh, harem element comes into play sooner rather than later um, meanwhile, then we have uh, Campfire Cooking in Another World with my absurd skill, 7.71. Um, similarly, you know, again, very kind of chill isekai, um, similar kind of almost to the uh, 80,000 gold uh, isekai. Um, but the case here is that this guy is accidentally uh, reincarnated and summoned to another world alongside some other, you know, individuals who are supposed to be the heroes. Instead of getting, you know, overpowered combat skills or magic, he just has the ability to access the Japanese version of Amazon through his, uh, his, uh, status skill uh, window um, but this ends up being actually uh, surprisingly useful because you know he can actually access modern Japanese uh, you know conveniences and cooking um, and you no, know, this is kind of essentially Sokugeki no Soma where you know this is by MAPPA this is one of their first isekai light novel adaptations they make the food look really good it look, by the end of the first episode he ends up bonding with the great wolf Fenrir um, there the, are the images that shows he gets a slime also so you know basically he ends up becoming a beast tamer right which is always fun he ends up taming these beasts and ends up you know feeding them three meals a day and he can sort of the food's going to be very well animated and make me very hungry so i'm looking forward to checking that out so this is going to be three episodes to see if the stick gets old or if the the well animated food is enough to keep me going um, then we have uh onimai i'm now your sister uh 7.75 and three episodes now 
this is a sus cell premise where, for some reason, the main neat sudden the protagonist is uh, his genius young sister essentially gives him a potion or, or a chemical compound that turns him into essentially a young middle school girl uh, who's still a neat, still a slob. Basically, there's a uh, definitely a little bit more um, uh, fan service in this regard that I'm not fully comfortable with. But the animation production is really well done, really well directed. I was like, wow, the the Sakuga in here is really well done. The direction, the composition, the framing is just wow does this really stand out it, it made me pay attention in a way that you know it did it did with um you know 86 or or um or Boti the rock did and not surprising actually learning out it turns out that this is actually done by studio Bain, which is the same studio behind musoku tensei i guess you know them working in somewhat sus source material gives them the confidence to kind of work on a project like this um and so yeah despite myself and probably originally planning to sign this series off i'm now actually very invested in, in seeing where this series goes I'm not going to say it's a keep for sure, um, but, you know, for three episodes, I'll, I'll give this a shot. Uh, now to the final three shows, you know, we have uh, The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten, which is a 7.88 on my anime list. Um, this one's a drop for me. You know, this is another Project Number 9 romance type series. It was kind of becoming their things. Um, and, you know, I like Tomozaki-kun. You know, Higihira was decent enough. I never got around to finishing my uh, stepmother's daughter is my, sis- is my, is my sister, uh, is my roommate. Um, but, you know, I think that the premise here where basically this you know, kind of loner guy ends up living alone. He actually ends up living next to the the quote-unquote angel of their school next door who's kind of, you know, more open about herself at home but more reserved and perfect at home uh, at school and they don't really interact at school but they do at home she ends up, you know, feeding him, helping him clean. Um, I mean, you know, that is, that premise just feels boring to me. You know, the, the, the other... Project Number Nine adaptations I've kind of found interesting are the ones where they have some sort of not necessarily transgressive but somewhat more risque, not even risque, just 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 a um, a more daring, I guess, approach or, or unconventional approach to relationship. This one still feels very by the books in terms of what kind of relationship relationship goes on here. So um, very not interesting premise wise at all to me, which is kind of like one of the things I need for a romance series. So this one ended up being a drop for me, despite being one of the three highest rated uh, so original shows this season. Uh, second to last so we have Tomo-chan is a girl 7.9 three episodes for me I mean the premise here is that essentially you know this girl has a childhood friend um, but because you know she's been a tomboy all her life you know doing karate because her dad has a dojo and so on um, she you know isn't really seen for the most part as a girl by him which makes him like one of the most dense not even the harem protagonist um, just just dense romance ma- male main characters in the romance series ever um, and, and she wants to get him to like him um, it feels almost like horror Mia-esque in that there was a kind of like a semi-realistic romance um, with a bit of a tomboy element, of course, going on as well. Um, you also, you know, have the uh, element of you know, these side characters kind of egging them on to some degree, which the, I think the side characters, um, you know, haven't seen too much of them yet, but hopefully they kind of develop in the next couple of episodes to really make me in. Um, the other thing keeping me in for three episodes is Takehashi Rie is one of, I think, really quickly going to be one of the premier uh, voice actresses in the industry. And she's really good, you know, showing a lot of reins here as a tomboy here. So um, I'm really, uh, really enjoying that. So, you know, definitely giving giving it a big part because of Takehashi Rie here. 
And then final new anime uh, that I'm giving a first impression on is Buddy Daddies. And this one's definitely a key for me. I mean, this is an 8.16 on my anime list, the highest rated original anime, not a sequel. Um, I'm really sucker for these found family type shows. Much, what more if they're kind of like within the organized crime space? I mean, this one's an original by PA Works, who they've been on a roll lately, you know, with Aquatope, um, you know, Made, uh, Made War, um, you know, uh, My Your Boy Kongming, right? I mean, they've done really well the past year or so. Um, so definitely looking forward to see how this one pans out. So yeah, those are the shows I'm gonna, you know, gave the first impression to. Now there are two other shows uh, I have yet to actually mention, which I did actually end up completing. Um, one is the D4DJ All Mix, which is the sequel to D4DJ, you know, first mix. Um, I'm, obviously, it's the uh, adaptation of, not quite an adaptation, it's kind of like a continuation of the story. D4DJ being a multimedia project means, you know, you have to watch the anime, the first scene of the anime, then you play the game, and after like the first couple of chapters of the game, you go back and watch this anime, which basically co- covers the course of a year where each of the of the six uh, groups in the DJ units in the game um, end up getting a little bit of a sign. You get a couple of collab songs as well. Um, not necessarily the best if you want to follow the story directly after season one, I'll admit. Um, this is very much more slice of lifey almost, right? So, I mean, you know, there is a hint potentially we get a season three potentially, which kind of the, char- the new characters just introduced in the game showing up in the final scenes of the anime. Um, but I mean, as someone who's a fan of the series and still playing it almost, what, two years on at this point, I mean, this was always going to be for me, not necessarily for anyone else. So, you know, not perhaps as good as the first season, um, just because, you know, the narrative is a little bit harder to follow, a little bit less interesting of the come up of a of a, of a upcoming DJ group. But, you know, for someone who's a fan of the series, it's, it's enjoyable enough. Overall, I give this one, you know, three out of five. Uh, the other series I completed is another sequel, which is the Pokemon Aim to Be a Master. Um, obviously, Pokemon has been going on for 25 years, and Ass is finally signing off. Uh, you know, I haven't gone back and watched, you know, the, the championship arc or many of the past seasons. Um, but, you know, I mean, this is a 12-episode kind of like a recap reunion tour between him, Brock, Misty. You know, each episode had him having a different group of his, his many Pokemon he captured. Unfortunately, they weren't able to show all of them. Um, but it was nice. You know, Team Rocket got their, their moment to sign as well, so. I mean, you know, it didn't really end on a conclusive note for us, but I think that's kind of like the best approach for this kind of thing. So um, got, got, I was able to watch kind of like these final uh, 12, final 12 episodes or 11 episodes with ass. And uh, yeah, uh, it's been, uh, been, been crazy given that I actually was, you know, one of the very first, an- the second anime or third anime I ever remember actually watching was Pokemon. So um, yeah, it's been uh, 25 years. So, you know, really big part of it is nostalgia, but hey, what can you do? Um in any case, to kind of wrap that up, you know, so the shows I'm definitely going to be keeping and definitely try to watch are Buddy Daddies, High Card, Ellen and Kobayashi Live, and then the Sword series of Suddenly Egyptian Gods. Um, and then from there, we have the three episodes, which I'm not going to definitely not get to all of these. I'm probably going to end up watching, if I get, if including the three full-length series I'm going to keep, if I say get to five more, right, that would be uh, in order. I'd say Campfire Cooking is probably the next one, Handyman Saito, Farming in Another Life, in Another World. So, you know, this season is very very good for kind of chill isekai but then you also have kind of like these two these uh these more uh, uh interesting you know kind of um uh, uh pedigree behind them right you have the fire hunter you know which has um you know, which has the uh, the guy behind uh, Satoshi Khan's films, um, you know, as a screenwriter. Um, you have Onimai, right, which is Studio Bind. You have kind of the of the of the great sea. Um, 
you know, uh, oh, sorry, Fire Hunter is Mamoru Osi, and then uh, and then Kaina is by the guy with uh, who worked with um, uh, uh, Satoshi Khan, um, and then so you know those six potentially could potentially I could see myself getting two. The rest I might not actually get the finishing. Maybe I'll check out three episodes and then adopt them. But you know, the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and genius young lady. If I want to watch some Yuri, you know, Ice Guy and cool 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 female colleague Ipan again, Revenger, you know, with a uh, with Genu Obuchi, uh, unite up and reborn to master the blade um, as kind of rounding that out. So, you know, again, I didn't get to watch the uh, the, the the winter season in full, but, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, looking forward to the spring season, looking forward to catching up on some of these shows over the course of the year. And yeah, um, in any case, let me know which spring season you think I should be checking out and which ones you enjoyed, which ones I should maybe not pay attention to. But uh, yeah, uh, let me know over on Twitter at yetanimepod or via email at yetanotheranimepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my, my, my analyst on NinjaBoy333, Boy with an I still need to update that. Um, we're on all our major podcast services, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review at the very least so with another anime-loving friend. Links to all that will be in the show notes. Intro and outro music provided by Suichi Sakagami at Tannis.com. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this episode. We are airing, we air, you know, right now going to be, in, we're going to come up in a couple, back in a couple of weeks. Next time on the another anime podcast, it'll be the spring seasonal first impressions. But in any case, until then, see you, Space Cowboy.